Well, Penguins finally lost back-to-back games for the first time since November 29th and December 1st. Basically, it's been two full months since this team has not won two in a row. I'm going to break it all down for you all right after this shot for the Friday edition of of this podcast. Your Locked On Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, welcome back to this Friday evening edition of the Locked On Penguins Podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter, of course, Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter, LO underscore Penguins as well. So the Penguins, as I said in my intro, fall three to two in a shootout, their first back-to-back loss, but first back-to-back losses, excuse me, since November 29th and December 1st, as I said as well, just very consistent hockey play. So now in their last 21 games, they are 17 and two and two, which is just ridiculous consistency. First thing I want to get you to start off this show. I know some people are going to get, you know, even more mad after, you know, what happened last night and everything. I get it. I, I really do understand. It's, it's annoying to lose back-to-back games, especially to two teams that are not in the playoff picture. But you know what? With how dumb the NHL's point system is, and I, I think it is obviously pretty dumb, they basically won one game and then lost another in regulation. So when you really think about it, you really shouldn't be too mad that they lost two in a row because, they again, they won one and then just lost one in regulation. They got two out of the four points. That's perfectly fine with where they are. The key for the Penguins moving forward, because right now, per moneypuck.com this morning, they have a 99.6% chance to make the playoffs. They would have to be a monumental collapse coupled with the Islanders going on some 20-2-1 and two and one run or something like that. And with how they played against winning teams this year, I, I don't think that's likely, um, at least at this point, my opinion. So I, I don't mind if they lose at times as long as they're gaining points. Because that is what they have been doing right now. And as I said, 17-2-2. and and They're in direct competition with the Rangers, the Hurricanes, and the Capitals. Right now, they are six points up in the Capitals. It's likely going to be down to four after tonight because they are just lighting up Braden Holpe like a Christmas tree down in Dallas. That's fine. Um, I I really do think, as of course my text message thing goes off for my buddy, who's a Red Wings fan, we're just talking during the game. You know, this team... It, they're, they're perfectly fine where they are. And, you know, that's that. I just wanted to start off the podcast with that. Now, my other one of my other biggest takeaways, Jake Gensel continues to just kill it. 23 goals this year. Um, you continue to give this guy even the smallest bit of space. He is going to make you pay every single time. You know, that first one, you know, gets a rebound off Pickard's pad, puts it in. The second one. Um, just a ridiculous pass first from Sidney Crosby. Um, no idea how he was able to get that through about two or three. To, I think it was like three to four or six or something like that. Gensel was able to one-time it from right in the right in a nice high-danger area. Ties the game. I don't really like – they did, probably didn't get a lot of puck luck after that. Pickard had to come up with a lot of really nice saves. But, you know – he, he's still continuing to crush it. He's probably not going to catch Chris Kreider, who has a league-leading 31 goals this year, which is ridiculous considering how old he is and the contract that he is on. Excuse me. But he is still very much 
just awesome for the Penguins this year. His contract continues to be a steal. I love with that one-timer. You let him drift into that kind of area right in front of the net, say about 10 feet out. He is going to bury that 10 out of 10 times. If he misses that, it's just because the goalie makes a hell of a save. Pickard had really no chance on that. Jake is going to do that to a goalie anytime. And so just a great performance from him. I thought Sid tonight, he was really killing it. He had some really nice, again, some great passes, obviously, again, so he's been firing the puck a lot more. Defensively, I thought he was strong. This is the Sidney Crosby that, you know, we're used to seeing. So I really liked his game as well. And, of course, I have to get to the number one star of the game for the Penguins, Casey DeSmith. I really think he saved his job, or at least for the time being, with this performance. You know, think about it, right? If he goes out there tonight and he sucks, what do you think happens? Ron Hextall probably gets even more worried because, you know, he was asked about this on Thursday's press conference. And, you know, he's going to say, you know, the typical goal general manager speak, well, you know, we we believe in him. You know, we're, we're not really looking to do anything right now. He can say that all he wants, but he obviously is aware of the problem. Casey Smith has been one of the worst goaltenders in hockey this year. But tonight, um, DeSmith must have listened to that. It's like, okay, you believe in me, at least to the media. I'm going to go out there and show that you believe in me. And boy, did he ever. I, I, I feel bad for him because – I think the Penguins wasted his best effort since last season um, with how inconsistent he has been this year. Mostly bad. Um, he has not put together even close to a performance like this since last year when, you know, he was a 9-12, 9-13 goalie, somewhere around that area. And it's only fitting. This is this probably thing only happens to a select few teams, and of course the Penguins are one of them, that the save of the year halfway through, a little over halfway through, I should say, belongs to Casey DeSmith and not Tristan Jari. Like, you can't make that up, can you? It's just, it's funny to me. I mean, the Penguins have a top five goaltender in the league right now. A potential future Vesna finalist plays his tail off every night, makes save after save after save. The backup comes in on a back-to-back. He's been pretty bad. And then he makes the save of the year in overtime, just flexing that glove. And I was just like, wow. Where did that come from? And can that version of Casey DeSmith please stick around for the rest of the season? Even before that save, he was absolutely ridiculous. And I think the biggest thing from what I noticed personally, you know, he he looked confident in the net. He wasn't flopping around like a fish, just, you know, diving everywhere and and all this stuff. No, he was squaring up two shooters and saying, I dare you to beat me. And the only two goals that he gave up were two that he had no chance on because if there was some poor defensive coverage from the net, I'm going to get to that coming up in the next thing with regards to John Marino because he was absolutely awful uh, tonight. Like I said, we'll get to that in just a second. But that I think is the biggest thing what I noticed, you know, he was square to the shooters. He looked confident. He was playing aggressive in, in front of the blue paint. So when he's not playing aggressive, he's back a lot farther. You know, the same thing I noticed with Tristan Jari as well. But, you know, Smith, he's a smaller goalie, you know, than Tristan. So he needs to be more aggressive. When he's not doing that, he's a very easy goaltender to beat. And you saw what happened in his previous starts where he was giving up all these lousy goals because his positioning was not right. And, you know, he was just making the wrong reads and just everything else. And it looked like all of that was corrected tonight because, you know, probably got some coaching with Andy Kyoto. And, but just overall, he got back to his game. And that that's just, that's so huge 
for the Penguins moving forward because if he can even do half of what he did tonight and just go back to last year, then the Penguins won't have to give up prime assets to go out and get a backup goaltender. I, I know I have been on record saying that the Penguins need to go out and get a backup goaltender. I, I still stand by that as of right now. But if DeSmith can keep doing this and keep being at least average to above average and giving Tristan the night off on nights that he needs off because he has played the second most games for a goalie this year. Only Andre Vasilevsky, I believe, has started more games than Tristan this year. You, you, you can't start your goalie 68 to 70 games. That, that's not where the league is. You can do that maybe a decade or two ago with where the league is now, with how teams are gassed you know, a lot more frequently. You, you can't do that. So getting to Smith right is very important. And tonight I think was a very, and I mean a very important step in getting Tristan right, um, in getting, excuse me, to Smith right. So I can't say enough about that performance. Um, he was... Just, I think, on bath salts for that entire game. And again, I feel bad for the Penguins just because, um, you know, they just they, they couldn't get the win. But coming up in the next segment, we're going to go into what went wrong on the two goals that the Penguins gave up, talking about to why John Marino just needs to be better in front of the net. We're also going to touch on the shootout, just, you know, my overall thoughts on that, the overtime, a couple of other things, you know, the power play um, as well. Before we do that, it is a new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Bill Bar in your plan. Bill Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, but made even better than a candy bar as well. Bill Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good, you'll want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill, you want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. By like week three, you might be thinking, this is just not worth it. Where's the chocolate? That's the thing. Built bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and is good for you. That way, when you enjoy a delicious built bar, you can almost count it as a workout. Remember, most of them can't contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs, and there is 17 grams of protein. There's so many to choose from, from coconut, almond, peanut butter brownie, cookies and cream, mint brownie, etc. You can go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Now, have you been to an art museum lately? And no, that's a serious question. Heck, there's a better question for you. When was the last time you felt welcome at an art museum? It can really feel like as a hockey fan, you don't belong in the art world, but it's really the perfect place for us when you think about it. Great hockey fans are passionate. We are dedicated. We And we just so happen to know that the Mattress Factory, Pittsburgh's own contemporary art installation museum, has partnered with the Penguins. Well, they had the ticket package for this week's game against the Red Wings. They are probably going to have more ticket packages going forward. I would not be surprised if there is one for the game on Sunday against Los Angeles or one on Tuesday against the Washington Capitals. Remember, they do not, in fact, sell beds. They have full room installations featuring artists from all over the world, including ones right here in Western Pennsylvania. Pittsburgh has so many incredible museums, and this is just one way that Penguins are helping us. So check them all out. Remember, visit mattress.org slash gopenguins for more info on that. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes, where to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Also follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So let's get to what went wrong on the two goals. First one, well, honestly, I should say this for both of them. Excuse me. I don't know what's going on with my sinuses right now as I'm recording this. John Marino, 
he needs to be a lot better in front of the net. Um, on the second one, especially, he's following Zadina around the net. And this is a player who hasn't scored in his last 20 games, by the way. He's been there's a lot of trade speculation with Phil Zadina. Anyways, going back to my original point, he's following him around the net when there's no reason to do that because the puck is not in a high danger zone. And then by the time he gets back to the front net, it's too late because Zadina basically already has the puck and then Marino is out of position. He needs to stay, you know, right near Casey Smith to make sure that, you know, he's not allowed back in front of the net. And then he's just really soft as Zadina gets the puck for that second goal. It's just, it's bad net front coverage. It needs to get cleaned up. And I hate to harp on the guy because I do like when he brings to the lineup. I like him as a player. He's not, you know, uh, he doesn't treat the puck like a grenade when he has it. I know I've been vocal about his offensive inefficiencies just because he doesn't score a lot. His playmaking ability, you know, it, it's not there a lot of times, especially this season. I think, you know, in his third year in the league, he's looking more like the player we saw last year compared to his rookie year where, you know, he was getting some Calder Trophy consideration before he broke his jaw or cheekbone. But this year, you know, he doesn't have that. And then when you combine all of that with just his bad play in front of the net, it it doesn't, it's not a good combination. And, and in the first one as well, just, you know, being way too passive. He's got to get a little physical there. And I, I hate saying that just because physicality in hockey, I feel like is so overrated. But in that kind of situation, you got to get at least a little bit physical. Get your guy out of the way. Make sure DeSmith is not going, make sure DeSmith can actually see the puck in those situations and that he's not put in a position to fail because that's what Marino did. I think that's one of the most, that's the most important thing here. He put his goalie in a position to fail and that's why the Red Wings scored their two goals. It has nothing to do with the Penguins' power play, you know, being too passive with the puck and all that or not missing clears. It's just that, you know, Marino in front of the net, he was not good enough. And that needs to change moving forward. You know, I'm not going to subscribe to the notion that, you know, he needs to be traded over the offseason. There's still half a season left. You know, we got to see what happens here. Maybe they need some defensive help at the deadline. I'm not really sure I'm there yet. I want to see what keeps happening moving forward. But, it's no secret that he needs to play better. Um, this is not the John Marino that I saw a couple of years ago. You know, I, I've been wanting his offense to turn around, but you know, overall, just these last eight or ten games, he just he needs to be just more aggressive in front of the net. You know, and Pete, this is funny because people said the same thing about Pedersen, but the thing with Pedersen was he actually was pretty good at boxing out his own man in front of the net. It was always that, like you know, he's like soft behind the net, which is just not true. I mean, that's just a myth. Um, but Marino, that actually applies to you because I think he is soft in some areas and I'm just, I'm tired of watching him just continually screw up in front of the net and in the process, allow goals that should not be going in because those should be clears in those situations and he should be getting the puck out. So that's just kind of my long rant on John Marino and that's just how, how to fix him. You know, he just, he needs to be more physical. He needs to play them better. And, you know, he just needs to make better, you know, he just needs to have better situational awareness is I think what I'm trying to say here. That's just how I would do it or attack it if I were John Hopefully Tarver and can work with him here moving forward. Um, as for the shootout, at the end of the day, I don't really give a crap about shootouts just because they all go away for the playoffs. So who cares? I know the team has struggled this year. But the, the biggest thing for me, you know, this team has so much talent, but Outside of Chris Letang, and I'll get to him in just a second, I don't understand why so many players on this team come in and just shoot it. 
you're you're allowed to make a deke. I have said that probably 5,000 times on this podcast for those that have listened listening a lot longer for the new ones here. I, I I would like to see some creativity in that regard. You know, Sidney Crosby, he's 40% on shootouts, right? But he keeps coming in and now they're just trying to go, you know, blocker side, you know, glove side where he's just he's going five hole. And it's like, buddy, you're allowed to make a move forehand, backhand, you know, backhand, forehand, something like that. Um, you're a top five player of all time. You're still a top player, five player in the game today. Act like you're in a shootout. And, and, and that sounds kind of like aggressive to say, but I just want to see him actually do something just because when I always see him come in, I'm like, well, this is probably nine out of 10 times, nine out of 10 times now that he's not going to score. But yet the last time they were in a shootout just a few days ago, he did. So I guess that was the one out of 10 times at this point. Uh, Jake Ensel, I would like to see the same thing. He's a, he's one of the best pure goal scorers in the league. He's the best pure goal scorer on the, in the, on the team. I would like to see more than him just, you know, skating in and just, you know, I, I, I like the head fake that he did, but, it was just kind of like a soft little backhand shot that I don't really, um, I, I didn't really care for. So, um, to Crystal Tang though, the thing is his attempt was really good. You know, he did his patent, patent, you know, he has obviously two moves, you know, his forehand, backhand, top cheese. Always. I love that's I love that one, but he decided to do backhand forehand. He had Pickard beat. That's the thing. It was going to go in. He just put it in the wrong spot. Go back and watch it. It hits his shoulder by accident. If it goes a little bit more to the right, that's in. Tied in the shootout to Smith would have to go make another save with how he's playing. You know, he probably would have. And then, you know, we'll see what happens in, you know, the one in one rounds. But, you know, I, I like Latang's attempt. I I wish that one went in, but at the end of the day, you know, it's a shootout. Who really cares? I and, mean, you know, at the end of the day, I know the team has struggled. Um, though, you know, Lucas Raymond had a heck of a move on to Smith, you know, just kind of had a nice fake, put it, you know, um, five hole. And, you know, that was the, that was the decider for the Penguins to lose in the shootout. Um, three on three wise, the Red Wings had a lot of zone time. You know, you don't really see the Penguins get shut down on three on three with how much talent that they have. Um, that they can put out there. I know Evgeny Malkin um, was pretty gassed out there at times. And, you know, I've been seeing this take on social media and a couple other places that, um, that people are afraid for their lives when Evgeny Malkin is out there. I mean, if you're talking about if he's gassed defensively, then sure. But he's your second best offensive threat on the team. Why are you scared when he's out there? I, I just, I don't really understand that logic, I guess, when he can do things on this team that, only one other player can probably do. So um, just kind of want to see that talk go away. Um, I guess I'm fine with him getting a lot of minutes. You know, I thought Sid, you know, it, it, he Sid would have had a breakaway towards the end of it if that pass was just a little bit, you know, faster and the puck wasn't on edge, you know, because Sid was well behind the defense, but he had to wait for the puck, which was, you know, a lot more um, annoying than, you know, if the puck was not, you know, just on edge and if it was actually going um, a lot quicker. Uh, one more thing before we get to the commercial break to touch on the game against the Kings on Sunday. On Sunday, um, overall underlying numbers: the Penguins, you know, I, and this I've been saying this, you know, before I came onto the podcast. They had a really bad first period. The Red Wings had 66% of the shot attempts. After that, Penguins caved them in a little bit. Um, in the second period, 58% of the shot attempts, 68% of the shot attempts in the third. Penguins ended up with the edge at 50.5% of the shot attempts. Scoring chances wise. 
Um, the Red Wings led in that department 22 to 18, though in the final two periods, the Penguins led 15 to 12. They just had a really bad first, but they then turned it on the rest of the game. Um, they kind of got a little unlucky with the saves that Picker, Picker was making. And then um, the Red Wings also led in high danger 9 to 7. They also led in expected goals 4 um, with 2.59, 1.63. Um, for the Penguins. Um, all situations, it was even for shot attempts. The Red Wings had the edge in scoring chances. Also, the edge in high danger, and they had the edge um, at expected goals. So, honestly, any way you look at it, it was close to an even game. You know, the Penguins had a little bit of the better of the play in the last 40 minutes, but, you know, that first 20, if they show up a lot better in that regard, they probably win this game in regulation, at least in my opinion. But at the end of the day, they only gave a point away. If they basically think of it as they won against Seattle and then they lost in regulation against Detroit. That's fine. So with that, um, if they if it was not 17, so right now they were what they're 17 and two and two in their last um 21 games. Think of it now as it would be 18 and what it was it 18 and two and one or something like that. I, math is not my strong suit here, people. If I'm wrong, you know, that's just, that's sad. But, you know, they, they would have 18 wins. I believe they would have um, three losses and they would have one overtime loss. So that's fine. I don't, I don't really, I, I don't really mind that at all. Or no, I believe in a way it would be, yeah, yeah. It would be 18 and two and one. So that's fine. They're 17 and two and two now at the end of the day. He's still banking points, and that, that's that's the biggest thing. So coming up in the next day, we're going to do a small preview of the game against the Kings before I'll send you off for the rest of the weekend. But before we do that, there might be less football being played, but BetOnline has way more stuff to bet on this football season from scores, totals, plenary performance props to where the next fired coach is going to win. BetOnline is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And with the new year comes a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% off local bonus on your first deposit. Just use your promo code locked on to get started. And it's not just football betting. Um, it's not, excuse me, it is not just football. BetOnline's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business from sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. BetOnline is your number one online betting destination. That is BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, welcome back to this episode here of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. Probably do a little shorter segment than you know, some of the other ones here. But, you know, big game on Sunday against the Kings, and this will be their third game again in almost three and a half days, which is crazy to think about. This team badly needs a break. I mean, I think that's uh, kind of obvious at this point. Their play has been, I, I wouldn't say underwhelming this month, but a little bit inconsistent. It's just crazy that they continually um, get results. As I said, I've said so many times, you know, they're 17 and 2 and 2 in their last 21 games. But, you know, they have a big challenge on Sunday just because the Kings are coming to town. That is a team that smoked, and I mean smoked, uh, the Penguins just a couple of weeks ago. Also, as of this point right now, the Wild are up 3-2 to two on the Rangers. So if this result holds, the Penguins will be first in the Metropolitan Division going into Saturday. How about that yes, they have four games. Um, and the, the Hurricanes have four games in hand, but you know what? They'll be in first place. So at the end of the day, I don't really care. But also, like I said, the Kings come to town. I mean, they they honestly gave the Penguins their worst performance of the season. 
Um, LA is a sneaky good team this year. They have 52.6% of the expected goals, 54% of the actual goals. They have 54% of the shot attempts at 5v5. They have a plus 14 goal differential. Uh, Jonathan Quick has been insane this year. They're, they're, the Kings overall save percentage is 929. They're 2.27 goals for per 60, but where they're really making their name is their defensive play. 1.88 goals against per 60. You know, if we go to Jonathan Quick's um, overall numbers, he is right behind Tristan Jari. 15 goals saved above expected, 952, 952 save percentage on unblocked shots, 914 overall save percentage, and a 2.53 goals against average. You know, this just came out of nowhere with him because it looked like he was going to be giving up the net. Goaltending is very volatile. That's just how it is. It's it's the most I think it is the hardest position to predict in this sport just because, you know, analytics play a part in goalie. I I, I struggle with just with some analytics with goaltending. And, and the only stat I will look at is goal state above expected because it's the best one. I think goal state above average is not that good. But, you know, that's the one position where I think the eye test definitely comes more into play um, than just some underlying numbers. And, you know, at least that's just my opinion. Uh, you know, we all saw what happened last time. I mean, the Penguins, this was a tied game for, you know, a little bit in the third period, but then um, LA started taking it to them again. And um, again, you know, the Penguins just did not have it that entire game. Uh, I would expect Quick to start in that one. Kopitar on the top line with Kemp and I follow. Um, Kempe, uh, Kempe, excuse me, has just been unreal this season. He's been one of their best players. It's come out of nowhere. Arvidsson with the note on the second line. Uh, Quentin Byfield was just called up, and he actually got his first NHL goal against Islanders. So congratulations to him. He is going to be a force in this league. Um, there is a reason why he was selected in the top three of the NHL draft just a couple of years ago. You know, he, he is that good. Um, Dustin Brown with Andreas Athanasiu with Byfield on the third line. And then Brendan Lemieux on the fourth line. Drew Doughty, um, top defense. He's had a renaissance here. Olimata is, of course, still there. Um, so this is going to be a fun game. You know, the Kings actually play an entertaining style of hockey now. And I think the Penguins are going to want to get back at them for, you know, that embarrassing loss that they suffered just a couple of weeks ago for the California road trip. Remember that's a one o'clock start time right before the NFL playoffs. Um, the game will be ending, um, 30 minutes, uh, after the chiefs, uh, Bengals game. So I'll be able to watch that one as, um, kind of like an appetizer to the main course for the two football games for that day. So that's just a small preview of what to just what we're looking for with the lineup and just how good the Kings have been this year. You got to attack them down low. You got to play sound defense against them because they have a lot of pure finishers on this team that will make you pay. Um, in an instant, you got to get traffic in front of Jonathan Quick. I mean, that's just the biggest thing with how great he's been this year. He's one of the most athletic goaltenders in the league. You can't let him just, you know, go, go side to side with ease and make sure he's easy everything. You got to put, put traffic in front of them, make it as hard as you can because. Um, this is not the same Jonathan Quick that we have seen in the last couple of years. So that'll do it for this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. Thank you all so much for listening to this one. Um, and also, you know, overall, thank you all so much for making this month of January one of the most listened months um, in Locked on Penguins history. Um, you know, we're up 15% from last month with December, which is crazy. Um, I, I can't thank everyone enough that continually downloads this podcast on a daily basis. You know, you are the reason why I do this every single time. I, I just, I look forward to doing this every day and I'm glad that I'm just, I'm, I'm in a rhythm, you know, when I, when I record these, sometimes they're late at night, sometimes they're during the day. Can't thank you all enough. So that'll do it for this episode. I appreciate all of you listening. We're back on Monday for a fresh set of five episodes for next week. Talk to you all then.